0: Into to another Cattails podcast We Weber State Sports. I'm Paul Grua along with our athletic director Jerry Bovi for another podcast today and another football assistant coach, Dave Schramm, the new offensive coordinator for the Wildcats. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Yep,
1: my pleasure.
0: We're excited to hear all your, your stories. I'll give you a quick background of Coach Schramm who is over 25 years coaching. Sounds like a long time. The
1: old dog right here. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you can call it that. You lasted. <laughs> <laughs> right. at this point.
0: A native of San Diego, played quarterback in college, and uh, then went on and became a coach at Austin Peay in Nebraska, San Diego State, Montana, Utah, Fresno State, and now at Weber State. So we've got a few stories to tell, I'm sure, right? Um, yes. I'm Austin, not sure I can. I
1: bet that was something else. The governors, the let's go Williams. pee, right? That's right. The yeah. fly is open. Let's go pee. <laughs> That's fly great, Williams. Great chat. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's their
0: chance. They their sell deal. t-shirts. Yeah. So, well, growing up in San Diego, uh, did you always want to play football? Was football always a big part of your life growing up? Uh, it, well, all sports were. All sports all were. All sports yeah. were.
1: And uh, I went to school to I was going to be a PE teacher and coach, you know, when I got... Um, so what... But so, what, 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 what?
2: What gave you that love of coaching early on? I mean, because that's not good. Well,
1: I didn't really – I wanted to play. Yeah. I, you know, I always thought the the greatest job in the world was to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Turns out they are. <laughs> Jamie Martin. Jamie Martin would yeah, agree with really that. Really well. Yeah, exactly. and so, you know, um, I wanted to play. You know, and you play as long as you can until somebody tells you you can't play anymore. So I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I went back. I was – playing played my last year at Adams State College in Southern Colorado. Went back to San Diego, enrolled in San Diego State to get my degree and uh, my teacher credential and wasn't quite sure. I'd I'd back up to get my degree, finish my degree. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. My old high school football coach said, hey, if you're not doing anything, you know, come out and help us coach. And that's kind of how started coaching it got right in your blood early doesn't it yeah and uh, so while I was finishing my degree um, I got to know uh, a guy that was a grad assistant at San Diego State at the time and uh, when his time was up he recommended me to the head coach there to replace him I didn't even know what it was and so you know I told uh, my, my friend I just said hey listen I'm gonna I'm gonna you know just get my teacher and." you know, I just want to coach high school baseball, football, you know, and just be a high school coach. And, and, you know, he told me, he said, well, this can help pay for your teacher credential. And of course I said, well, wow, how, how does that work? You know, and they said, well, you get, that's your, kind of your pay when you're a graduate assistant, you're on scholarship and, you know, you don't make any money, but that, they, they pay for your school. So I did, so that's, what I, that's how I got into it. So that's, I started coaching college football. And away went
0: from d- there. You did three years of high school coaching. Three years of high school. Patrick Henry yeah. High
1: School. And yeah. then uh, after my first semester, a friend of mine, another friend of mine that was actually coaching the secondary at Duke, there was a guy from Austin P that went through there and said they were looking for a guy to um, coach the tight ends and the running backs and run the football dorm. Back then we had, they had football dorms. Right.
2: That was a bad, bad move there. So.
1: You know, I'd said, well, and I was single, and you know, $15,000 a year, and I didn't have a bill. Plus, you had housing, cause I had you had housing. Just, yeah, you stayed I had, in the dorm? You stayed in the dorm, and I had more money than I ever had in my life. And, you know, and it was coached at Austin Peay State University. And little did I know at the time, I just, I took the, I didn't even know where Austin Peay was, <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, I wanted to coach and thought it was a good opportunity. And they had an interim head football coach, an interim athletic director an interim president I didn't know anything about that when I showed up you know and this was the end of July you know it was right right at the beginning of the season so yeah that was my indoctrination of into college football
0: you turned so, out to be an interim there too I guess right yeah
1: yeah well, I was I was, there. <laughs> I was I was I got out of there just as soon as the season ended
2: you know yeah, interim situations can be really tough we've learned um to talk a little bit about though before we get into the that the moves so when we talk about it getting in your blood what was it about coaching though early on that you just thought I I really think I'd like this because it's a lot of work Well, yeah
1: but I think when you when you are used to that environment as a as a player even though you're not the one out there actually performing you're still competing you know and so now you're you know you're you're designing a play that 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 you think can be successful or you're or you're uh, helping a young kid develop that you believe can do it and he's not even sure he can and then you see him develop and end up doing it it's and rewarding yeah, yeah i mean in in those things you know um you, it's you can't put a price tag on it you know when you know when i still to that get emails from guys that you know i have talked to and you know 15 years i'll get an email hey coach i saw you were here you know congratulate. you know it's just then they're doing well they're, they're successful a bunch of the guys that you know i coached down at utah you know i mean it's just that's why that's why you coach you know i mean in, anybody that um getting into it for the money you're getting in it for the wrong reason i mean although you can i mean nowadays i mean you can make a heck of a lot of money if you're lucky as you work your way up, you know, into some Which of the Which
2: that comes at a price
1: too. It sure does. And yeah. and and, and, it, and it's not forever, but if you if you lose sight of what you're why you're doing it, then you know it it becomes a bad profession real fast. If you if you're doing it because you like the coach, you know, then, then that's then, then that's the most reward that you get, in my opinion.
2: And you will you you can do it for a long time sure. when you're in that. Yeah. The other way is you just kind of move chairs. It's like musical chairs. Right,
1: and all you're doing is counting your paychecks yep. and wondering why that guy's making more than you and how do I make more money, how do I make more money. And,
2: and a lot of times miserable. Yeah,
1: miserable, exactly right, exactly right. So, you know, the reward of, of getting into it and being a coach is, is still why I do it, you know, because, you know, again, it's the, you know, and this is a great level college football especially because the the growth from the time they graduate high school till the time they graduate college and helping those guys along to get to that point where they can get a degree and most of them aren't gonna play professional football and even if they do it's not gonna be for very long. Well now they got a degree to lean back on yep. and it's which been a in good those experience.
2: situations you can sometimes even get more. It's it all that other noise is gone. It's yep. just you're playing and going to school. Um, and people don't realize that. I think normal Joe fan would look and say, okay, you just keep moving to the highest level. As a coach that just loves to coach, those lines get really blurry, don't they? I yeah, mean, they do. Whether you're at Weaver State or the University of Utah or Austin P or whatever, you're coaching. Your coach yeah. is a coach. Yeah. And it's not like you're real smart when you're – you are who you are. You don't right. get smarter if you're at
1: Alabama. No, some of the best coaches, football coaches I know, are high school coaches. I mean, they – You know, they have to, they they got to, you know, design a different offense or a different defense every Every year year. based on who their personnel is. And, you know, and and so, you know, and just because you coach at, at Alabama doesn't mean you're the best coach. It just means, you know, that's where you've worked your way up to that point. Obviously, you know, Nick Saban's done a great job at Alabama, but, you know, just, but at that level, that doesn't have anything to do with you know, there's some guys that, that coach at those levels or coach in the NFL. All they're doing is hiding so they don't get noticed so they can keep getting paid. Right. You know, right. and, uh, but, you know, I mean, I like, you know, I mean, coaching football is, is uh, especially at this level, you're not just coaching football. You're kind of coaching life. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, teaching guys how to be accountable and teaching guys, trying to develop young men to be good fathers, you know, good husbands, good employees. You know, so when their time does come when they graduate and an employer can look at that guy and say, well, okay, that guy played football for four years or may, maybe redshirted one year, he was there for five years, but they know that he's got work ethic, he knows he'll, you know, persevere, he knows he'll overcome adversity, and he'll be a good teammate. You know, And I think a lot of employers want to hire people like that. You know, that that are kind of hey, let, let's be cohesive in, in this goal and, and, and try to get this, this thing done. Grind it out and in it further than just you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: yeah. We're talking with Dave Schram, the new offensive coordinator for the Wildcats on our Cattails podcast. As we talked about your, your long coaching career, you started in college at Austin P. Then you went to Nebraska where you actually coached defense on the, as a GA, right mm-hmm. on the defensive yep. side, yep. for a year. And then you were lucky to go back to San Diego yeah. and spend a long time there with the Aztecs. Yeah.
1: 12 years Years when I was a GA there um, when I, and I left, um, they had a coaching change, and the guy that became the head coach was at, was actually uh, an assistant AD at the time, Al Luganville, mm-hmm. and he took over as a head football coach. And, um, That's and a different career move, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he'd, he'd been a defensive coordinator, coached a long time at Arizona State, and uh, the athletic director at San Diego State had been the athletic director at Arizona State, Fred Miller. So when Fred took the job and Al was out of coaching, he hired Al as an, in an administrative role. Because Al, he you know, thought he might want to get into administration and, and that
0: type deal. And, and uh, so um, he eventually became the head football coach. Well, you had some great co- players there, including Marshall Falk, right at San Diego State. Yeah,
1: um, you know everybody that coached at San Diego State, they claim that Marshall played for But you know, we all—he's all, he's on every one of our resumes. You know, um, has to be. He, uh, you know, he Marshall was—you uh, know—the guy. His story is—we we don't have a guy in our program that can tell me that they had it rougher than Marshall Falk. so. And I've, I've shared that story with, our, with the guys on offense. And so anybody that ever wants to give me an excuse or tell me a reason why, or complain about something, or not show up on time, I just, I don't have any patience for it. Because, you know, I won't get into Marshall's background and all that stuff, but for no reason at all, he was a better person than he was a player. And he, he, he was always on time. He always went to class. He always was accountable. You know, he didn't get straight A's. He wasn't a he. He wasn't a guy that you know. But he worked his tail off in everything he did. And uh, so, you know, to have the opportunity to be around him, and I and, and I was I've been fortunate. I've been around a bunch of really good players. Um, but uh, Curtis Johnson, who is the receiver coach for the with the New Orleans Saints, and. Uh, Sean Payton was actually coaching our running backs at San Diego State at the time. He was, he was the head coach of the mm. Saints, and so Curtis recruited Marshall from New Orleans, and uh, Marshall was a guy that I mean he had ten interceptions as a senior in high school, but he played played on a just a horrific team. They were they were awful. And he played quarterback, and you know, in just an inner city school that. Um, you know they didn't have a they didn't have very much, and, uh, but he he was a 10, 500 meter guy, and the schools in the country that recruited him, and I'm talking about Nebraska, the University of Miami, Texas A and M, LSU, and San Diego State. So why San Diego State? Well, we were the only ones that told him he could play running back. Interesting. And uh, and Curtis Johnson, who was our receiver coach at the time, had developed a great relationship with him. And uh, so he came to San Diego State and, uh, you know, I mean, he was, he was open. amazing. And, and as you said, a better person,
2: NFL, yeah. pretty good NFL career too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and again, and I, and, I, and I, you know, people say that a lot, but I mean, but in his case, he was, you know, he was just kind, just good to people. Um, he, he didn't have any ego, um, always smile. always had a smile on his face. You know, so I, I don't, you know, yeah. guys that think they have problems, you know, I mean, I know his background, so no, nobody had got worse problems than he had. And for every reason in the world, he could have made a bunch of bad choices, and, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He was
0: just, he is who he is. He's yeah. just,
1: a, he's just a, a tremendous human being.
0: Most of our, our fans, I'm sure, are familiar with the with Utah BYU in those days, in the old whack days, and the Mountain West, he had some fun battles down there with... With San Diego State as
1: yeah, well. Yeah, So they Marshall, won't. I think it was his his last year with us because he left early. He left after his third year. But he had, we had a, we opened against USC and at home and he ran for, I want to say 295 yards or something. It's just something unbelievable. A San Diego State running back against USC and he US for that many yards. And then the next, the, that Thursday, we played at BYU
0: and he ran for another two nights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was like, yeah, this guy's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, after San Diego State, though, uh, was it a coaching change that they forced you to, to make a, a move there?
1: Yeah, well, you know, that happens in this, this profession. I mean, I was <laughs> San Diego's home for me, and uh, I was there for 12 years, and, and I worked for a, uh, Al Luganville. Um, had gotten fired and and ted Tolner was hired and and ted kept me so i worked for al for four years and then ted for eight years Mm -hmm. so when we got fired um i mean i never thought i was going to coach anywhere else yeah you know i thought well well, now what am i going to do you know uh, you know
0: jerry we you know we've we've seen this you as well but it's an amazing profession because assistant coaches are tied to their their coach. Even if you do well and are successful, sometimes that head coach moves on, and you're out of a job. Yeah. If you don't do well, you're out of a yeah. job. If he retires, you're out of a job. I mean, it's just one of those yeah. things that you really can't control. Those things, even if you're doing it's successful, that's got to be hard. Hard on a family, I'm sure too.
1: Well, it is. You know, and we we uh, you know we were lucky. You know, and, and again, I, w- I was uh, lucky to be at San Diego State for 12 years. Um, and uh, you know, when we got let go, now you got to scramble and yeah. try to find a job. You yeah. know. You ended up at Southwest Texas State. Southwest Texas for State for a year. Got We got fired after that year. And then uh, went to work for Bobby Hauk at Montana. And
0: so a little a little big sky experience for you yeah. there with Montana yeah. for two yeah. years.
1: And, uh, you know, we had first year we uh, we went to the playoffs. We lost in the first round. And then the second year we played for the national championship. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Urban left to go to Florida. And Kyle got the job. And, um. I got hired down at Utah. Yeah.
0: So as you're as you're building your career, you're certainly making contacts all over the place, right? With different coaches, and so when things come up, that that you're able to to kind of had an opportunity to to keep moving on, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it and uh, it's got to be a fit, you know, and it's got to be, you know, the right situation, and and not every job that you get the opportunity is a good job, or is a good move. You know, I mean, there's reasons why you take jobs and reasons why you don't, but. Um, But yeah, so uh,
2: it's been good. I've had a chance this summer to spend, so just the nature of a summer on the department, it's hit and miss on who's in and out throughout the summer with recruiting and whatever. But Coach Schramm and I have had a chance to visit a lot this summer, just just shooting the breeze. And I've learned a lot about him. And one thing I've learned for him is, is it seems to me like you've made choices in your career being around people. It's important to you to be around people you want to work with and you like. Life's too short to be around people that just drive you crazy and annoy you and you've made choices just talking to you pretty methodical choices about look I I don't have to do this I want to do this and I want to be around people that I believe in and I like and that's kind of well
1: and to me coaching is a people business you know and like I said earlier if you get into coaching to make money you're getting in it for the wrong reasons I mean you want personally and I want to be around good people guys that I have you know uh, similar uh, goals you know we're like-minded you know hard-working but we want to have fun doing it we want to enjoy what we're doing it's not drudgery I mean even though you know we can all talk about our long hours of coaching work and all that stuff well if it's the reason we do it is because we like to do it so it does it's not it's, it's not, not like yeah it's not work you're just you're doing what you really love to do and uh and so so you're right I mean that it, it's a people business and and being around people that you know, not that you get along all the time and all that stuff, but it's easy to, to settle your differences when you're, you're like-minded and you have the same goals and you can communicate. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm, and that's why I'm excited to come. And, you know, the reason I came here is because of Jay Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it's obviously we worked together for seven years, so we had a history, but just who he is as a person is,
0: yeah. you know, was the biggest attraction for me. We'll get into a little bit more about that too, but you also coached another – Fellow Wildcat coach, in Quinton Ganther your first year, right? Yeah. His senior year at his Utah. Year, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: but sure did. He's got a story. Quite
0: sure. a quite a running back, and quite a story as well that he has grown up from well, California. Yeah,
1: he does. He's got a story, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. I'm yeah. not allowed to, t- to tell certain <laughs> stories, I'm sure, but uh, you know, I know this is a family show. Yeah, we, right. we started we'll that. Have,
2: coach Schramm is kind of he would not say this, but I I think he's kind of a throwback, <laughs> he, right? We've yeah. talked about that. Oh, yeah. he, he's his style is. He he's moved with the times, and because it's a different time today in coaching, we you know you'd agree. I
1: I think it is a different time, but I don't I don't believe that 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 the players have changed. I don't think the age group from eighteen, okay, they play video games now instead of you know we used to play you know
2: marbles and marbles. outside tasks. We used to play all, outside
1: we all used day. to play pinball yeah. and, and and remember when Pong came out? Oh yeah, you know, that was a big deal, big time game. But there. yeah. But you know, but, the, but but I still believe that 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 young men, they they want to be structured, they want to be disciplined, they want to be successful. They want to do things right for the most part. They want to, you know, and um, you know, now the way it's you know, with the internet and all this craziness and recruiting that goes on and all that stuff, that's changed. But still that's Social not Social media uh,
2: politically correct. I mean, right. well, listen, that's all I talked to a peer at another school in the conference state that's dealing with a big deal with some names that were called by football players to people downtown, and it's blown up in their town. And it's like that that probably 20 years ago or 30 years ago was like, guys, come on, figure it out. You move on. Today, it can amplify and become... Front page news because every blogger and everybody on social media is a correspondent. Now. Right, exactly. So we live in that space, and we've got to figure it out.
1: But as you're saying, yeah, I mean, it's it. I I think they are, you know, and uh, so to me, you know, being a being an old school guy, I can I can say that because I'm old, you know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the, the, I don't think they. You still have to block and you still have to tackle and you still have to play harder than the other team you know in order to be successful and you know there's times where I've been on teams that we weren't as talented as the team we played and we won because we played hard they did. there's been times when I've been on teams that we were more talented but didn't play as hard and we didn't win you know and still I think that's what this game comes down to is you know who you know. You got to be fundamentally sound, and you and you got to and you got to do it together. There's not a whole lot of room for individualism, and it's you know I think it's the best team sport that there is because you have to be cohesive in order to be successful. So yeah. a couple of years ago, I, one
2: of my favorite authors of all time is Stephen Ambrose. He wrote Band of Brothers, Citizen Soldiers, and I had a chance to meet him. And uh, the question in this little forum came up: Would the youth of today do D-Day? And he says, look, I'm going to probably answer this different than some would think, because you know, this is the most self-absorbed generation we've ever had. They play video games. They do, you know, he went through all the negatives about the, this generation of kids. And then he said, but my answer was, and he, he used some language, it was bleep bleep, you dang rights they would because they're patriotic they're stronger bigger stronger faster than the greatest generation was and if called upon they would rise up and fill the space and they would be just fine we got to give them credit as, as yeah what i'm here to be able to we, we sometimes put them down and say ah in my day we walked up hill both ways to school barefooted and we liked it right, right? we don't we don't we don't give them credit for the talents and skills they do come with and if called upon and given the right structure they can rise up and be special
1: yeah i agree with you i mean and, and it really comes back to intestinal fortitude and you know how much you know how hard they're willing to work and you know you go into our weight room this summer and, and, and you're you know on the conditioning stuff and you watch those guys i mean our, the effort they give is every bit the effort that the guys gave 20 years ago you know, it's, it, it, you know, their effort isn't any less, and we don't demand any less, you know. And, and so um, if you recruit a bunch of guys like Jay has that, that have great attitude and give great effort, and it's something that, you know, I know the offensive guys have heard me preach all the time, those are the two things that you control, your attitude and your effort, you know. And then deal with whatever comes with your attitude and your effort. You know, it's not always going to be great. Especially, so, is just another yeah, thing, right? But you're going to have, sometimes it's going to take more effort <laughs> and a better attitude to get through it. Yeah. You know, but those are two things you control.
0: Right is your attitude, and your effort. You mentioned the seven years you spent at Utah, including a couple of years as an offensive coordinator, and you worked with Jay the whole time. Now he was on the defensive yeah. side, but you got to know him, and you probably learned about and him. And we
1: worked on offense when oh, he uh, was he coached a little bit yeah. of offense. That's yeah. true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what makes him? You talked a little bit about it, but what makes him so special?
1: Well, I think, first of all, he's genuine. Um, and, uh, you know, you know what he says is what he means. He's very, very smart. He's very smart. Um, but he, he's got a way about him that uh, he kind of goes the extra mile in uh, making sure that, you know, guys are accountable, guys are doing things the right way. And that, that doesn't mean they always are. But and when they're not, getting them back in line to where, the, to where they need to be. But Jay was always, uh, um, you know, like I said, he's a very smart guy, had high energy, a really good recruiter for us, um, highly organized guy. I mean, it just, all the boxes checked off. And uh, so, you know, even when he got this job, you know, I mean, I, I knew in the back of my head, I mean, that's gonna be a great deal for Weber State, you know, just because of, you know, who he is as a person, you know, how much he loves the state of Utah and, you know, the the contacts that he has, and then his work ethic on top of that to get that thing turned. It, it's it's no surprise to me that that in four years he's done what he's done. Um, you know, and, and, and you can tell that just by the young men we have on this football team. You know and again they're not all saints but you know we have 90 percent of our guys on our football team that you would feel you would have no problem giving them you know the keys to your house to watch it for a weekend and not feel like you know there was there was going to be anything wrong with it you know i mean they're just those type of kids they're they show up they work hard you know and uh, i always feel like that's always a reflection of who the head coach is you know the makeup of your football team is direct reflection of who your head football coach is because those are the kind of guys he wants to represent himself and in, in this program and in in this university and so um you know he's you know I, again i mean it's the main reason why I, 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 he talked me out of semi-retirement <laughs> you know it's funny you, you probably don't know this story. When? <laughs> when we were in the
2: market for a head coach and going through the process Jay was he was on the radar but he wasn't like in the mainstream of it because there's so much noise with there it's it's a small community of coaching around this country you all are intertwined your pedigrees all I mean it, it's it's a crazy business that way and but he was in the mix and I'd hear from people I get it and, and he and I were talking but it wasn't it wasn't like at the top of the list and But he just kept coming up and wouldn't go away. And then Gary Anderson, I I interacted with him. And you know, Gary is, I mean, he basically said, I don't know you, but you're an idiot if you don't hire this guy. (laughs) That's Gary. Okay, well, I'll put that on my list and check that out. But he just kept kind of coming into. So uh, at the last minute, we were down at UBU in a basketball game and um, didn't go well. I call him and say, hey, I got to get you in front of a committee. So you and I have been talking, but can you come tomorrow morning at. 8 a.m., 7.30 a.m. He's like, I'll be there. So during this whole interview, he, he rolls out his plan. I mean, it's all got logos on it, colored up, and he takes it out of the bag, and, and a receipt falls out of the bag on the floor. So I pick up the receipt, and he, and I'm looking at it while he's interviewing, and the receipt's like 1 a.m. at Kinko's. So we get off the phone late at 10 o'clock. He's, he's out there preparing this thing and was spot on sharp. I mean, he knocked the socks off of this group that he was in front of yeah. but just that little thing for me was like okay he's he's he wants this job yeah no doubt and then there were a, a lot of other yeah. things in the process but that
1: was a big that, and that's me. who he is I mean that's who he is and that's why he was he's a he's a relentless recruiter and he's a and, and he you know the guys just uh, he's a, and he's always been that way you know whether he was our special teams coordinator and he's always trying to figure out a, a better way to you know, to. Cover a punt or the, the kick an onside kick yeah. or you just know whatever it was. Him. He just
2: uh, he just was oh, always on it. So. That's one of the things I think that people in town are endeared to. He he he's not let anything success or failure or the job go to his no. head. He'll walk downtown and shake hands and he's a real dude. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then like I said, he's genuine. Yeah. And he is who he
1: is. He's yeah. not. There's, there's nothing fake about Jay Hill. I mean, he is who he is. You yeah. know
2: well, that's why you here, because you you're that way. Well there's nothing, nothing fake, fake about you. About Dave Schramm. People meet Dave Schram, they're gonna know in five minutes you're either gonna like him or not. Yeah. But it's
0: that's not true. gonna change him. No. Just <laughs> a couple more couple a couple more it. things with Dave Schram. Uh four years at Fresno State after Utah coached some guy named Derek Carr. Turned out to be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Derek uh,
1: <laughs> Derek was a tremendous is a tremendous player. Uh and again he's another one of those guys that in and, 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 and it's in, in my experience, those guys, those types of guys that have gone on and had success, you know, people know about the guys that have had success in the NFL. They don't know about the guys that have gone on and had success being, whether they're doctors or they're in business or whatever. You know, those, th- those type of guys are, uh, you can tell. I mean, you just know when you're around them. And Derek was one of those guys. He was, you know, if, if, if I could have videoed him every day to show quarterbacks what a quarterback should be um, you know, that's what he I mean he's always first one here, his last one to leave. He would beat me in the office at, at some days and wanna get on the board and talk football and watch film and um you know, he uh you know, he just uh he was a professional, you know, when I got to Fresno State. Yeah. And uh, and we had some good years and put up some good numbers and he had some good guys to throw to and he did a lot of growing and, and uh I wish I could have coached him for 15 years. <laughs> I'm sure. But it doesn't surprise you with those guys, the way they carry on and do well. In right? the NFL. Because yeah. they're just.
0: They're do you remember carrying... who your first game was against? Yeah, we played. We Do yeah. right. yeah. you remember yeah. that, yeah. Jerry? I do. Yeah. game didn't I go do. as well for the Wildcats, maybe, but that's yeah, okay. we were in it but for a bit. We were, we were yeah. yeah.
2: We were battling. 2012. In fact, I go. think in the fourth quarter, weren't we battling down? Or was, this a, there. was this a different game? They all run they together. They <laughs> all run together. Maybe we didn't, but it's so not it sure like we So
0: you just is. said that <laughs> you've kind of been out of a, quote-unquote, semi-retirement the last couple of years, right?
1: Yeah, um, it was a family decision. Mm-hmm. You know, we decided to uh, had some had opportunities. Some opportunity I had some really good opportunities for my career, and but – the latter, My sons were in the latter stage of their high school career, and, and uh, basically what it came down to is, and we, we weren't really opposed to moving, but the places that I had the opportunities to go weren't going to be good situations for them. So, um, Talk a little bit about your sons. Twin boys. Yeah, twin boys. Um, and, uh, you know, they're good kids.
2: Yeah, show, uh, obviously, need you. We got it. <laughs> we got Remember him. that old ESPN? <laughs> uh, what was uh, Roy Firestone? Yeah. We got him. Yeah, we got, we got, got him, yeah.
1: folks. Yeah, you get me when you start talking about my family. But uh, well, we can sh- we
0: can see how important they are to you. I don't know.
1: You don't realize how much you miss. So we turned down some opportunities for them because it wasn't gonna be a good situation for them to move in. Hard as the last two years were, the last two years were awesome, yeah because you know to be a full time now it probably wasn't as awesome for them you know because <laughs> I was around them all the time but um you know they uh you know I got to be around them every day, you know, so just things that you don't i i think not that you take for granted as a coach, but you there's there's things that there's all kinds of things that you miss that you don't realize, mm-hmm. you know. Teach them how to cook a steak. Teach, teach them how to fix a sprinkler pipe. Teach them how to drive on the freeway. Teach them how to, you know, a hey, you got a math test tomorrow? Yeah. Are Are you ready for it? Well, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's only eight thirty. Get your butt in there and make sure you're really sure, you know. Yeah. Just things like that, and uh, <clears throat> so. Looking back, you know, it was it was great. And I, like I said, it probably wasn't great for them. But you I know, think it was pretty great for them. <clears> see, the see every, see to. every game, every, you know, be at every banquet, yeah. be it, you know, just be there. You know, I mean, it was, uh, you know, so it ended up, you know, it ended up working but out. But you it had time in their life, right? And you hadn't been
0: I, able to do that.
1: Yeah, obviously, and, and yeah. you miss a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't you realize like th- you said, and, and you don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, uh, <clears throat> you know, coaches. my wife and I have been married for 20 years and uh, you know you always know how much your wife's doing I mean you know she's you know we were lucky because they're identical twins so they were always on the same team so it wasn't like she had to go to two different places and go to two different games but she was always doing it and my sons were black belts in Taekwondo when they were eight years old Mm. And mom could still kick their tail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and they were because of her. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah, I think your experience what? over the last couple of years, you grow closer to those boys at a really important time, but you realize how amazing your wife yeah, is. Yeah, no doubt. And, and being a coach's wife <sighs> is a tough thing. I watch how, and she's she's coming into this new now, but Sarah Hill has been able to kind of keep a little group of these coaches, younger, in a lot of cases, yep. younger Coaches' wives that are just getting started in this business, and she has brought them in. Yeah. They go to dinner. They're going. I think they're going out today for, yeah. Yeah. you know, the yeah. massages and pedicures yeah. and whatever. She just she's done a good job to help them understand. I think back to that scene in Apollo 13 when. You know, the old grizzled wife of, uh, of an astronaut says, now remember, you're happy, proud, and, <laughs> right. and the media comes, I'm happy and I'm proud.
1: I mean, that's kind of what you have to do because yeah. it's a tough road and it can be lonely. Yeah, and, and it's hard, and, and there's not, there's not uh, you know, when, whether neighborhood you live in or whatever, coaches' wives live a different life. Yeah, they,
2: they hear all the negative. Yeah. I told my wife when I took this job, when you read a story, if there's comments, don't read them. Don't right. read that stuff because they don't know me they don't know our situation and that people can say things that i'm sure they don't mean it but they can be mean and it's hurtful to our wives we're you know we're in the mix and we can just set it aside but they take it they
1: take it all personal yeah we've been calloused by the whole thing you know when initially you know the first time it happened the first couple times it happened kind of stings but you know but i did the same thing we don't you know, we read don't that take stuff. The paper we yeah. don't you know we don't get on the internet we don't we don't and in do the any stands, that stuff. you got to just well care. and to me that's the hardest thing yeah. you know is is you're sitting up you know amongst the the fans and I, you know I don't I would most of those fans don't know who the wives they are don't. they're just reacting you know but at the same time they still hear it yeah. you know it's,
0: her, yeah. it's and she, they're real people yeah. with real feelings you bet A yeah. couple you quick bet. things before we wrap up coach Ramba uh, you uh, 25 years as an assistant coach, I think similar to Coach Myers, for example, but you both have been longtime assistant coaches. Have you ever wanted to become a head coach? Sure. You know, I think we all, you know,
1: have had aspirations at some point in time, but I think you learn as the process goes that those, you know, those opportunities, you know, you, you got to it's just got to happen. I mean, there's got to be a and, – and, and, and the opportunity, I'm not talking about the opportunity to be a head coach, but the opportunity to interview to be a head coach. You know, like, Jerry, you were just talking about the, the situation with Jay, you know. And, you know, I mean, there's jobs that, that you are um, interested in maybe, but it's it's got to be the right fit and you, it's got to be the right timing and all those things. And I think, you know, the longer you go in this profession, you learn that, you know, if you have an opportunity to be a head coach and interview for a head coaching job, That's great. A win. Yeah, yeah, I mean because you gain experience from it. But you know, I mean that that doesn't really happen very often. You know, it's it's almost like the timing thing of, you know, well, you know, Urban Meyer turns the Utah job around, and, and Kyle's been there for so long, and 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 Kyle was ready to be a head coach, but you know, let's say when Urban got that job, he didn't keep Kyle. Yep. You know, I mean, and, and that was, you know, I mean, changes the whole trajectory and, and yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, it turned out to be a very smart decision mm. on Urban's part to keep Kyle, but, you know, but just think, you know, how, what, what would happen from there? And, you know, so there's a lot of things, like, like right. you said, that you yep. don't control.
0: Yeah,
1: and I've had friends that have been in programs where they've turned it around. And all of a sudden that guy leaves to take another job and that guy doesn't get to go. It's like, well wait a second. Yeah. You know, we won thirteen games last year. And I'm out I'm out of a job, out of, out of a job yeah. you know, and, and but that, it's that the that's a hard just, thing about yeah. our business. It's a hard
2: thing about And there's our business. a lot of great head coaches out there. that have never been head coaches on mm-hmm. us, are assistant coaches that just it won't it won't happen because there's there's three there's a hundred and twenty division one yeah. football yeah. jobs in America. Right. So it's not, you know, yeah, not like you can.
1: Plus your FCS. But right. But there's just, it's less than 300. Right. Not that many. No doubt.
0: If you weren't coaching, what would you be doing?
1: I'd probably be a high school, you know. I mean, I, I liked athletics. I grew up playing all kinds of different sports, you know, and I actually, like I said, I, I was going to be a high school, you know, teacher mm-hmm. and, and coach, and so that's probably
0: what I would be doing. You know. I've got
1: one last
2: question. Yes. And I know we're, he's got to get to another meeting. Yeah. Um, so you've been around a lot of coaches. You mentioned Sean Payton and all these guys that you've just been around, coached with. What do you think is the magic sauce to, that a successful coach? Because some people that have been assistants their whole career get that head job and it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. What's, what
2: is the magic sauce? Well, I get asked that all the time. What do you think it is?
1: I think it, 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 there's a lot of things. I think personally, um, for, for the coach himself, He's got to be, like I said about Jay, he's got to be genuine. And and, and the best coaches I've been around from, you know, from Coach Osborne in Nebraska, you know, and and, uh, uh, Kyle, um, Bobby Houck, you you know, you may not agree with them, but every day you know where you stand and you know what you're going to get and you know who they are and they don't pull any punches and this is their plan and this is how they're going to operate. you know, I was I was lucky enough to be a, a young grad assistant uh, at the University of Nebraska for Coach Osborne, then I worked for Ted Toner. and, you know, the, the two things that, that they would always say that always resonate with me is, you got to be yourself, so don't try to be somebody you're not, because you can't fool the players, you, you can't fool the players, you know, they, they'll always see right through you, you know, so you got to be yourself, number one, and... The other thing that you just got to make sure that you always do is understand the profession that you're in. You know, you're a coach is a teacher. You're there to help guys, you know, and so there's times where you got to set your ego aside and there's times where you got to, you know, do what's right for the program because your job as the assistant coach in whatever role that head coach gives you is to be the best assistant coach you can be. So you know when you may not agree with a certain play or a certain whatever it might be in the program, and you voice your opinion. But when the door opens and you leave that room, you're on you're on board with the head coach because you know he's he's who you went to work for, and 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 that's your job. Your job is to be the best assistant coach you can be. And and I've always I've always tried to operate that way in in every job that I've had. In but, but but I think it, it's, it's not just, I mean, th- th- there's everything. It, success, if, the unfortunate thing is success, everybody says winning, you know, winning percentage. Well, that's how you're successful. Yes, it is how you keep your job. But if you can take a step back and look at who you helped along the way and, and, and the kids that, that, that you've coached and young men that have graduated. And, you know, I, I, I think th- that's where, you know, it, it all kind of comes together, but you got, and you gotta have great support, and you and you gotta have great great fan base. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that make it make it successful, but um, you know, so, but being genuine and, and uh, being who you are. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fire and brimstone coaches and rah rah guys, and there's a lot of you know real quiet guys, and they're all really good football coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of different ways to do it.
0: We are excited. Are you excited to be back coaching? I'd love to be here.
1: Fired
2: up the we're movie. excited to have you. Yeah. Love, love having you around the office and, and, and in our program. You fit. We talk a lot about culture here, and it's important to us to make sure we're we're in the boat with people we want to row with. And you fit what we're doing here, and we're just thrilled to have you on our program. And looking forward to a great season. Well,
1: well thanks. You know, like Jay told me when he hired me, they had the greatest season they ever had here. So if they don't again, it's my fault. It's all on you. <laughs> there we Go. You heard it, folks. But we will. We, I'm telling it's everybody, me and, it's me and Joe Dale's yep, fault. Yeah, that's right. we're
0: telling everybody,
2: don't miss history twice. <laughs> that's right. right. You go. That's exactly yeah. right. You go. Get people that's up exactly here and have right. fun with this. Dave Schram, yep.
0: thanks for joining us, and I'm excited for the season to begin this fall. It begins on August 30th in Utah. Looking forward to it. First home game, September 15th against South Dakota. And Jerry season tickets, of course, on sale. Get those and come and see part of history.
2: Let's come back. Come back out. A lot of you came and had some fun last year in the playoffs. Our first home playoff game. Uh, I had somebody say, "Well, where do you think we'll be? We're going to be home. We want to be home in the playoffs again. That's sure. the new normal now." There so you go. Come out. Come on out and experience it. Thanks for your
0: time, Coach Shram, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you down the line as the season gets going. Be sure to follow us on social media at WeberStateSports.com as well, and go Wildcats.